0: Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life, and today we are speaking with certified life coach, health and youth coach, writer and speaker, Sandra Rinaldi. Sandra had quite the background for 20 years as a former life entertainment marketing executive for the biggest independent promoter in Eastern North America. She made a massive decision to part with Rock and Roll World after 20 years in 2019, went back to school at 41 years old, and she embarked on a journey journey of self-discovery and completely started over as a life coach. Living through her own struggles with insecurities and fears, she is now helping people with what she says is the base of happy living, deep and unwavering self-confidence. This was a great conversation where we spoke a lot about What does it look like to change our identity? What are the steps that we have to go through? And how can we build our own self-worth and self-confidence so that we can pivot and change when we really actually know the answer? We know that we are unhappy, but we're almost too afraid to make that next step. That was what our conversation was all about. And it was fantastic. I know you will enjoy it. Welcome to the show today, Sandra. So
1: nice to finally meet you. It is so good to be here, and it's so nice to meet you.
0: This is going to be a great conversation. We, I always love it when my wonderful friend, Samantha Chris, says, you have to interview this person for the podcast,
1: and, it, and we connect, and it's fantastic. It happens every time, so oh, this will be great. And yeah, and Samantha's such an amazing, incredible woman, so I'm so glad yeah. we have her in common. Oh, what a great person to have in common. Your yeah. ears should be burning, Samantha. So
0: because of that, you are from, where are you from? Montreal. <laughs> from Montreal. How, how is life in Montreal right now?
1: Oh gosh! Do we even mention COVID, or do we not mention <laughs> COVID? I don't know.
0: I don't know. I was I mean, in Montreal. Like I was in Montreal for our anniversary in the second week of September, and my gut said, "Let's go now," because yeah. I, I checked everything was clear; it was all good. And then, like less, just exactly two weeks later, and Samantha sent me a message. She's like, "You are so lucky. You came when you did." It just shut right down.
1: Yes. It's, it's a little bit tough in Quebec right now. I mean, um, it's just the cases are going up. It is what it is. We're in our second wave. Everybody is just trying to get mm-hmm. by and get through. Basically, mm-hmm. that is what's going on in Quebec.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about you. And yeah. so that people can get
1: to know who you are. Do you have a book that you have found impactful? I have so many books that I found impactful. I love to read I think Brene Brown is great because I love all of her work on (laughs) perfectionism, vulnerability, and courage. And I think for me, that was a lot of work that I did on myself. Um, Obviously, there's go-to books like uh, The Four Agreements, anything Mm -hmm. that Jay Shetty writes, I love.
0: Uh, Have you read his new book yet? Have you read it? I have it
1: in my bookshelf, and I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm actually reading Untamed from Glennon Doyle, which I feel like I'm late to the party. (laughs) I feel like everyone's read it but me. So, well, and it's yeah.
0: such a funny thing, right? Because I love Glennon Doyle. She's one of my favorites. And maybe because I read Love Warrior like seven, eight years ago when I was really just starting this journey. Yeah. And so I loved it. And Untamed, I started to read and I, I couldn't keep, I just couldn't get into it the way. So then I went to the audiobook and loved it, instantly loved it because I love her voice yes. and then went back and read it and, and loved it. Now I've talked to some people who say they don't, um, they didn't care for it. But I would say out of all the podcasts that I have done so far this year, and it's been a lot, there's been an overwhelming number one book
1: has been untamed. Right. Weirdly enough, when I read Love Warrior, I didn't love it. Isn't that odd? And well, I'm it depends on where like, you're at exactly. in your story. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when, so when I read Love, Worry, I wasn't ready. I wasn't mm-hmm. ready to read that book. It, um, I didn't expect what it was. Like it, yeah. I
0: thought, oh my God, somebody gave it to me. And I'm like, I don't like love, right. what? This is not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, this is. And then yeah. when I read it, it, for me, it was the first person I had read who shared a very vulnerable story. And I mm-hmm. went, Oh, maybe
1: I could do that. Like I remember reading it and having that aha moment and how much she shared. Yeah. And she's so good at that. Mm -hmm. You know, like talking about being a caged person and like finally being free and just having- The
0: cheetah. Yeah. The cheetah is just insane.
1: It's such an incredible story. That story is, it's really touched me and I you know, it's like when you read a book, you don't necessarily agree or resonate with everything that's in a Mm -hmm. book, but Mm -hmm. you just got to take what you need, you know? And that's, I feel like that's what it is with Glennon. It's like, I don't resonate with everything she says, or it doesn't reflect into my life, but there's some Mm -hmm. things that just hit me hard. Mm -hmm.
0: She Um, is probably the one person I can think of who, like as far as that level, who really ultimately shows up so unapologetically herself. Totally. I like just unapologetically. Like there have been some videos. I have to laugh because I've seen some, poor, this is like a Glennon show. I know, there, I've I know. seen some, I've seen some videos come on a Facebook live and I'm like, I don't even think I would do that. Like I don't think I would get and on. Right? The, I, like, I know. like bedhead is an understatement. And I love yeah. it because it's like, it's just permission that you can do whatever you want. I love it so much. Yeah. I yeah. applaud her. I applaud her. Big time, big time, big time. And she is a person who is making a very big difference with what she's done with her Together Rising um, foundation and how it's helped so many people. So yeah, I could absolutely adore it. So then do you have a favorite quote, something that has been oh anchored in your life? <laughs> if I think about okay.
1: I, have, I have so many favorite quotes. I mean, face everything and rise is mm-hmm. one I like. Um, nice, nice. You know? Because I feel like that's been so important in my life to just face everything and rise, all the challenges that have been thrown my way um, mm-hmm. in all aspects of my life. Um, and really just remembering to rise through and above. And so that quote mm-hmm. really resonates with me, actually. Yeah, that's perfect. I love it. Yeah. I love it. What Do you have a
0: mentor who has impacted your life? It can be somebody you know or don't know.
1: Oh. Hmm you know what I don't have a specific person that I could say that is my person mm-hmm. I love like it, for me it's like what I said about the books I take what I need from mm-hmm. every person that I either encounter read from listen to so I really I really love attaching the message that resonates with me to my life and how I can grow from the message more than who specifically said it although I, I respect it. and applaud everyone mm-hmm. um, it's more about what they what they come out with and what I can take from it more mm-hmm. than an actual person yeah that's great I love it so you have quite the story of I
0: love this of change and of obviously following your gut and deciding to create a massive shift. And it has been a massive shift to a point now where you are a life coach. You are in this space online where we're Zoom. This is how we build our business. This is what we do. But that's not what it looked like for you for many years, is it?
1: Oof! I come from a from a completely different world—the world, the world mm-hmm. of rock and roll. You um, <laughs> love it. I, uh, and the funniest part of my 20 year corporate journey in live entertainment was that that life chose me. I didn't mm. even choose that life. When I was 20, um, 21 years old, I was kind of plucked out of obscurity <laughs> to go and join this very small team that was promoting concerts in Montreal. So I was like, yeah, sure. I, was take, I remember I was taking a year off school. Um, and at the time, I w- had just retired from being a competitive figure skater. I was kind of really looking for myself um, mm-hmm. and what my next move was going to be. And so I got this opportunity to work for a very well-known, well-respected businessman his name was Aldo Giampaolo who basically ran live entertainment in this city and so I just started I'm like we're like we need someone in the marketing department I was like all right I could do that literally <laughs> I was like I could I could definitely do that and did you I have any idea
0: what it involved at the time we we're just like no none I'll do what, it.
1: literally none whatsoever I was in school in psychology funny enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) funny enough how that Mm -hmm. 360 happens um I was in school with psychology and like I said took year off university to really like kind of like find my footing after like I said just retiring from figure skating which was my entire life for a long time and uh, this opportunity just popped up and I was like sure I'll do that I'll do that for a year I'll Mm -hmm. see how that goes and I'll see what that brings me and then I'll go back to school well then 20 years later I was still there um, okay, but not so just that, still there in that capacity, right? Like we're talking right. about a job that grew and grew and grew. Yeah, absolutely. I started there as a like a coordinator and assistant, and ended up being like senior director of all communications, marketing, and brand. So uh, that was quite a ride, um, and it was although it was so incredibly challenging, and I have to say, it's a fun job. Mm -hmm. I get to. I mean, I've seen. I can't even tell you the amount of concerts that I've had the such a privilege to see over the years. Um, But it was challenging in the best ways, and it was challenging in the worst ways. Mm -hmm. And it kind of created this this persona that I kind of created, correct?
0: At the time,
1: right? especially at the time, I think in your 20s, you don't really think you're making choices for yourself. You're thinking the circumstances of your life are what no. is leading you to a path A, B, or C. Um, and I did that for a long time. I did that for a long time, not even not taking responsibility for my own life. As, I, as we 20s, do in our 20s. Right?
0: I was just going to say, in our 20s, yes, I can see that. Yeah.
1: So it took me a long time to figure out that my unhappiness mm-hmm. was really my choice and not the circumstances of where I was in my life. Um, so. So when
0: did, choice. no. And when did that moment, do you remember a moment where you're like the unhappy, like my, I am unhappy and I don't like this
1: and realizing that's your choice. Do you remember a moment? I, what I remember really, if I could go back for a bit, when I started off in my twenties, working in marketing, I quickly, um, I was always a bit of an overachiever, you know, perfectionism, overachieving. I was a competitive figure skater. So for me, I always had that very strong drive of being good at things Mm -hmm. and doing them fully, and you're really like proving that I was a good at everything, good person, a good worker. I was efficient. I'm smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I quickly went up in the company in the sense of like, the, I got responsibilities pretty quick as soon as I started in, in marketing at that company. And, and with responsibility comes the responsibility of people, not just the responsibility of working and things and, projects but now i was responsible for people and being responsible for humans when you're in your 20s <laughs> I, <don't even. laughs> I mean where do you even i didn't even know what i was doing i didn't even i had no clue let's just mm-hmm. be brutally honest i was a mess i was a mess um and so this particular story that is really really important in the global story is that i had an employee who i trusted like a little sister mm-hmm. and i felt like i was giving her my everything i was not only uh, a boss in the in the sense of the word of for work but i was also trying to be a mentor and a teacher and you know i would offer drive her home every night mm-hmm. after work i just wanted to take care of this this lovely girl and one day out of nowhere or what it seemed She completely betrayed me, resigned, and brought my case to HR. Oh, my. So I was like completely blindsided by a person that I trusted. So now my bond with basically anyone, because she was everyone, was Mm -hmm. broken. And from that day on, I just felt like I needed to be what everyone else needed me to be, not what I need to be for myself. So wow. my because group, that trust
0: was broken, you absolutely. felt you had to do like you had to work even more. It didn't cross your mind, you're in your 20s, right? This is younger. Yeah. I would be the same. It, but it it's, it's funny, your first reaction is to go to that I must work harder, I must do more, not like that there was an issue with her
1: it was that there must be something with me that has to be oh 1000% cuz now she's leaving mm-hmm. the company she's resigned and i'm still there so right. now the perception of everyone or so i assume right is that i am not good enough at this job i cannot manage oh, no. people clearly i cannot manage people mm-hmm. so now i set off as my overachieving perfectionism self saying mm-hmm. i will prove everyone wrong and I will be perfect. And whatever anyone needs me to say, do or feel or be, I will show up as that. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself at that. Obviously that made you good at your job, but at the same time, even on the outside, there's so much there that you can see. You're doing great at your job, but the pressure that's on you in that sense of constantly trying to do more and do more and do more must have just kept escalating.
1: Oh, absolutely! And then you and and not only doing more, but it's losing the sense of self. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't trust my decisions anymore. It was like clearly I don't know how to manage people or make good decisions because this happened. Therefore. The opinion of this one person mm-hmm. has now confirmed that I need to go the other way, that whatever I was doing prior to this day is not good enough. Therefore, I will do everything in my power to make sure everyone likes me and that I'm a robot basically in the eyes of everyone else, but mostly in the eyes of myself. I just was like, I can't just be myself. It's not good enough. I need to be what everyone needs me to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do that for a long, for until I need to. Okay. So first off, I'm just going to say, thank you for sharing that because there's a
0: lot of people listening now who are going to say, oh my God, that's me. I do that. That is totally me. You keep doing that until it's just where comes the signs that, oh my gosh, I can't maintain this? Like how long did you work to maintain that for?
1: I did that for years and years and years and years until I think I was in my late 30s, right? So Mm -hmm. this is years in. Like I was very good at creating a persona and pretending. I became the expert at pretending. Mm -hmm. Um, And what, what happens when you pretend for so long is I I started to feel so disconnected Mm -hmm. with not only my job, but with myself. I started feeling like, what am I doing here? I remember going into work and literally asking myself, why am I here? Why do I even care? Do I even care about being here? Do I care about these people? Do I care Mm -hmm. about my job? Do I care about this paycheck? Do I care about my contribution to this company and and how I'm contributing to my own life? Mm -hmm. Do I care? Do I like myself? Mm -hmm. Who am I even? Mm -hmm. And so probably three years prior to me leaving, it was the beginning of the end or the beginning of the beginning. So I uh, really did a lot of self-awareness um, and self-reflecting, but it took me a while. I mean, it took me a long time to rebuild my own self-confidence because, as that betrayal happened, and as me thinking that I am not good enough for this job or for these people, mm-hmm. then your self-confidence completely starts depleting as the years go by. Of course. Your, your beautiful light and ray of sunshine becomes so dim that it, you, can, you can't see it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me uh, a long time to feel like I was confident enough to make a decision and feel like I was ready enough to really be honest with myself and really look for my true purpose in life. And I, I find whenever coaches say that, I feel like it sounds so, I don't know what the word is. It sounds so like. I don't want to say wishy-washy, but it's not like. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say
0: kumbaya, you know? Yep. Yep. No, we, there's, there's a lot of talk right now of, you know, follow your passion and build like. Follow, find your purpose and all these things, but that's that might be like the that's the first step that we take to create change. But what comes after that? Like that, like that's it's it's the awareness that something isn't working. But yeah. there's a bazillion steps after that to actually create that change. A lot of people have are very clear and aware that something is not working in their life right now. And if you're listening, I absolutely call you out because you know that this is true, right? We all, a lot of us have spots in our life. They're very aware it's not working. They know the job isn't working. They know the marriage isn't working. They know their health is not in a great space. They're aware of it. But to take something and the next step to actually create change is not something that everybody does. So what made you say, no, this is not working. I have got to do something differently.
1: I just took a stand and took responsibility for my own life. Nice. And I was like, I'm done. Like that was the journey for me. It was a three year journey leading up to a time where I was like, I can't live this anymore. I can't not want to wake up in the morning and go to work. I can't feel like I'm not contributing to the world. I want to be happy. I want to feel like what I'm doing matters. It was such a deep sense of purpose. Like I needed to find, and I didn't know, leaving my, my corporate job, I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to be a life coach. However, life coach was something that throughout all of my years in corporate, everybody would call me. Oh, Funny wow. Enough. Because everybody would come in my office and seek a listening ear, maybe mm-hmm. some advice, um, maybe to guide them through something hard that's happened to them personally or professionally. Mm-hmm. So I was very comfy in that role, but I didn't take it seriously. I was like, once I left corporate, I was just like, all right, like I'm gonna write a romance novel, and that's what I did. I wrote a romance novel.
0: I'm not i writing.
1: That's I wrote- awesome. I did. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: I wrote a romance novel because I, when I was 17, I said, I'm going to write a romance novel before I die. Mm-hmm. Well, and there I you go. Like,
0: Check that off the list. Right.
1: I was like, I am no longer working. My brain space is mm-hmm. free of work. So mm-hmm. now I can write my story. So I did that. But I mean, as I'm doing that, I'm thinking, what's my next move?
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Like, what's, mm-hmm. what's my next move? And that's when I really started thinking about what is my true per Like, what do I want to do? What am I good at? Mm -hmm. What am I leaning towards? What is my heart telling me? What am I seeking? And it was all of those hard questions that I just kept constantly like asking myself and going deep, digging deeper and deeper and being really brutally honest with myself. And that's when I really looked into life coaching. And as soon as I... Started researching and finding the school that I wanted to attend, it just fits. Like fit. a perfect nice. piece in a puzzle. It just nice. Did. How long was the time from when you left your job to actually going back for life coaching? Um, I I think I enrolled in school probably two months later. Okay. So, so did you write a like romance novel? Yeah. Time <laughs> you left work to the time you went I to did.
0: Oh my goodness. You, I, just as a person who has written her own book <laughs> no, and collaborated on creating another book, I'm like, wow. I just want to say, wow, that's
1: impressive. Yeah. When I wrote my romance novel, I had a st- the story was already in my head. Mm-hmm. It was like, I just had to write it. So for me, it, I was never like looking for the ideas or like, and I love to write so much. Yeah. It's one of my true passions in life. So for me, it wasn't hard. It just kind of flowed. And I, every day I I woke up, I kept saying, just please, God, give me the words. Just send me the words. Yeah. I was sending. Obviously
0: something you were meant to do because if it flowed out of you that easily, that is something you were meant to do. Yeah. That's impressive. So now you go back into school to be a life coach and this is
1: timeline when, where are we now when you go back to school? So I left my corporate job in 2019 and I started school in September, 2019. Okay. Okay. So, and how long were you in school for? I was in school for like eight months from beginning to end, but I started coaching in January of 2020. So can I just say the irony of, I mean,
0: to go from the career you had built your entire life to build with concerts and large venues Mm -hmm. to have the gut instinct to decide that you're not happy to leave To go into life coaching, which is virtually a virtual business, the irony of it being what happened because that obviously that industry has taken a massive hit with COVID, right? Like that is a, wow.
1: Like what, the the irony is mind blowing. The the timing of my life, Mm -hmm. the timing of my life. And I see people in my old surroundings and old business and they're like, that's, that's crazy. What happened? How did you? you know? Like, how did you like, know this is going to happen? Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, at the timing of my life, and, and I know and believe with every fiber of my being that all of that was supposed to mm-hmm. unfold the way it did. Mm-hmm.
0: But you, you tuned in. I am going to honor for a second in the fact that you had a lot of those vibes that something wasn't working and you tuned in and decided to d- do something. Again, as I said, I really believe a lot of people do have those cues and they are unhappy with something. But sometimes it becomes a case of, but what do I do? Like what can I do? Like how do I change? What can I so and you did that. You acted on you did it. Wow. I, I so that did. must be quite I the did. transition.
1: Look, I'm I'm gonna say it was I just felt so lost,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: when Mm -hmm. I left my corporate job. I, I only, who was I with all of the things that I always was? Who was I with all of the things that I always was? Now I was none of those things at home by myself thinking, okay, I'm going to write a romance novel because I now can literally lean into what I really want. So what do I really want in this moment? I'm going to think about the present and think about the present moment and think I am leaning into writing this book because I have been wanting to write this book since I'm 17 years old and I've made choices in my life that did not permit me to write this book. Mm -hmm. And I will no longer live in a space where I make choices for other people. I'm gonna live in a space where I make choices for myself. I want to write this book because it's something I've been wanting to do for my entire life. and I'm gonna just sit here and I know the universe, God, whatever you believe in, will send me these words. Mm-hmm.
0: I it yeah it blows my mind and it obviously did because obviously the universe was like okay here you go here's your words That's yeah. just it's really really impressive what cha- what um, tips would you give to somebody who is in a space of changing their identity because obviously it was it's not just about changing jobs we all know this when we get to a point in our lives in our age when we have worked through and we have a job that we've held for most of our life or in that field that it becomes a real change in identity. Like it's 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 we're re-establishing a new identity. What kinds of tips would you give to somebody who is in that process and not letting that stop
1: them fear wise, but in the process of changing their identity? I would oh my so many tips. First of all, what in my experience, the first thing I would say is patience. Mm. And I didn't have a lot of that. I really, really in the last year had to work on patience for myself because for me, I lived in a world of instant gratitude. I was just going to say your whole world was about fast, fast decisions, things. So so this, I, I,
0: having patience is the opposite.
1: Yeah. I was not an identity too that was, I was popular. I was mm. well city. Everyone wanted to be my friend because of what I did, not because of who I was, of course, Mm. but because of what I did. But I was so attached to what I did. My name was synonymously known with the company's name. Like it was one big package. Gotcha. So here I was, no longer that person, Mm -hmm. discovering or rediscovering who I really was. And it didn't happen in a day, in an hour, in a minute. It's, no. it's going to take some time. So patience. who? testing of my patience. Um, <laughs> definitely. Um, being brutally honest with myself. Being brutally honest is such a gift. Honesty and truth is such a gift. If you view it as a gift, it gets easier to listen to the answers. That's a really good one because I think that,
0: um, how do I say this? Being brutally honest with ourselves, sometimes that's really hard because we don't want to hurt others. We don't want to let others down. But then we forget to even put ourselves in the equation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right? And Sometimes you don't want to hear the answer because that's going to, it's going to lead you somewhere that you don't either don't know or fear. Mm -hmm. And so you retreat track back to comfort. So you shy away from being honest. I'll just stay over here. It'll be, yeah. all, I'll be
0: okay. I'll be I, all right. It'll I be okay. I should be grateful. I have a job, right? I should be grateful. Yeah. I. I'll be okay. And then we squash ourselves down and live in that smaller box and uh, think, well, but if I want more, then that
1: makes me like, I'm not grateful for what I have. And, so much. It, yeah. So much. And I tell my clients all the time, like, Everything that is abundant and great and incredible that is way for you on the other side of hard mm-hmm. and the other side of honesty and the other side of uncomfortable, you just got to walk through it.
0: Yeah, so true. So true. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so like my advice or what worked for me in my life was definitely trying and every day to be brutally honest with myself, asking myself the hard questions, but also, and this is really important, I had to learn how to forego the opinions of others. Wow. That's a big one.
0: (laughs) Yep. That's a big one. Well, again, though, if you, I mean, that's a big one for anyone, but you also were in a role where like you were popular. You were Mm. the, like the go-to person you'd been with the company for 20 years. You had like, everybody knew who you were. So, I mean, everybody probably felt like they had the right to weigh an opinion in on you.
1: Of course. Mm -hmm. So Naya was like, well, I remember leaving the company. I was like, everybody's like, oh my God, what are you going to do? Like, what's going to happen to you? And I was like, let me figure, let me just figure that out. Give me a second. Give me a second. Mm -hmm. Um, but just to like, stop stressing over how are they going to believe me now that I'm a coach? How is my message going to resonate? Who's now going to listen to me in this new role? No one's going to believe me. Mm -hmm. I have a whole new identity. Like, how am I going to make these people understand? But just the fact that I strived to control what other people thought was what I had to retract and work so hard on. Like, it doesn't matter. No, but good for you for
0: realizing that. Like, I mean, you have zero control and right. what anyone else is going to think or say at any time. So good for you for recognizing that, whoa, whoa, whoa this is too much energy to put into something yeah. that I can't even, I don't even
1: have an ounce of control in. And how many of people and how many of us do this all the time? I mean, all I work on this every day. Yeah. This is something that I work on every day, just trying to detach myself from that control and that validation, other people's validation, um, I work on that every day, every single I, day.
0: I cannot thank you enough for saying that because I do think if there's one thing I find on a consistent basis when I'm interviewing people on this podcast, when we talk about the tips or the tools that they use, they a lot of them openly say, oh, I do this stuff every day. Like, I have to do this work every day. And I think that it's very easy when you're looking from the outside in to assume, well, she went through this hard time. She made this change. This is easy for her now. And I say all the time, I mean, half of what goes on in my life never makes it to social media. So it might look easy, but it's not. And it's work that is
1: required every single day
0: in order to keep moving forward
1: yeah i mean yeah i mean as coaches if i'm going to give the best of myself to my clients i have to work on being the best of myself every day and that is an everyday thing forever and ever and i am so thankful for that journey for me that is the you know i always say it's the hardest work you'll ever do but it is the best work you'll ever do the best and every day I get to work on myself and I get to realize and be self aware of these traits that I have and retract or make a change or shift something or realize, be honest with myself, have patience. All of those things I'm so thankful for because it's just getting me to the next step.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's just wow. so important to keep moving forward. Isn't it so important to just keep moving forward? Mm-hmm.
0: A hundred percent. Keep moving forward. And I love that. And I thank you for saying that. I I admire when people can be thankful for the work and the challenges that they've gone through because it makes you who you are. And that's what's gonna make you an even exceptional coach and what you do because you do that work on yourself first.
1: Thank you so much for saying that. I really truly appreciate that.
0: You're welcome. Like that. You're welcome. I really do believe it and I and I want you to receive that because I just, again, I admire, I think that admitting and and saying that it is work. I actually say to a lot of my clients, if you come across somebody and they are telling you it's easy, why can't you do it? You should just like this, like this, like this, like go the other way because that's not human and that's not normal. Yeah. Everyone I know who is really like in the trenches and doing that they've done, the, they continue to do the work because they know how important it is to do. So yeah. tell us a little bit now about you are, I love the irony of this again, that you're building a life coaching business in 2020 when I don't know how much percentage of the world is virtual right now, except for a
1: lot. I don't know the number, <laughs> Right.
0: but what is that? What is it like for you now?
1: Um, for me, it's really working again, it starts with working on myself. So I'm doing that every day. And then it's really finding what I love to help people with. And that's taken me a a little bit of time to figure out. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been coaching since January and since January, I've been doing a few things like coaching on a bunch of different areas, right? Yes. And for me, it's the journey also of finding out where do I really make the most impact mm-hmm. and where, do, where does it speak to me the most where I could show up for my client at my highest possible, unapologetically myself mm-hmm. from the inside out. And yeah. so for me, for the, in the basis of my life and how I have grown so much since I'm 21 or even a little kid. hmm would be working on my self-confidence, self-trust, and self-worth. Because I feel like those things will get you through anything. Um, Something that I haven't mentioned is that I've been through a lot of challenges in my life, including not being able to have children. For seven or eight years of my life, I was going through in vitro fertilization. And if anyone out there listening has been through that kind of, oh man, I don't even know how to say it, that kind of ordeal, Would be a good word, maybe? It is tough because it plays on you not only emotionally, but it plays on you physically. Mm -hmm. And your whole world becomes about, I need to have a baby. I need to do anything in my power to create this child. What you don't know is that that goes to a certain extent. You know, you can make efforts to try to have a child. I I commend and applaud everyone out there who's struggling and who's trying to have children. It's it's an experience and I, I my love and patience and everything gold goes out to you. Just just know that if you're listening. The thing is, is it's there's a lot of things you can control about that. And if you don't live in self-trust and self-confidence, you don't feel like you're gonna be okay. Things will end up killing you. You really feel like it's the end, everything is the end of the world. Like mm-hmm. I won't make it. I don't have a child. I I won't make it. I'm not good enough. I'm not whole enough as a person to make it. If I don't have this in my life, I had to work a lot through trying to make myself whole in every aspect of my life, whether it be my marriage, not being able to have children, changing identity and job. I really think the work of feeling whole, like a whole person, is so important because that's what will get you through the really hard times. Hmm. That you are good enough and valuable enough and you have everything you need within you to be okay. You're going to be okay. It's beautiful what you've said. And I thank you for
0: sharing that part of yourself because I know that those are, that's a challenging part of the story. Of course it is. It's, um, we didn't we went through a number of miscarriages and i remember i just remember even then being younger listening to what people would say and i look back on it and i'm like what in the world were people doing like what were they doing i had yeah. the most bizarre things said to me where i was just like i don't get that at all but i do know that going through those experiences shaped me to be a little bit more maybe different or empathetic in my thinking and talk to people. So a lot of what we go through does shape us into who we become. Yeah, it does. So you can, you can probably look back at some of those challenges and that growth and see how it has impacted you to be
1: how you show up now. Oh gosh. I mean, every single challenge that I faced in my life has brought me to this point. And I know maybe that mm-hmm. sounds cliche because a lot of it's people not. say that, but I really believe that. And if you really think about it, if you're listening and you're looking at the journey of your life up until today and you see all of the challenges highlighted in your life, please take those as lessons. Mm. Please take those as lessons because if you take them as failures, that's well, they'll be. Yeah. but if you switch over and you take those as opportunities of growth mm-hmm. and that's what i say i love 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 talking about failure and how those are opportunities of growth because so much of it has happened in my life and i feel like it's been such a journey and looking at it with gratitude and looking at it into an opportunity of growth makes it so worth it i've walked in those shoes but it isn't for any, it isn't for nothing.
0: No. It's
1: brought me to a point where I am now. And I think if anyone is listening out there that feels failures in their lives and feel victimized or feel or see themselves as a victim, I would encourage you to take that and feel empowered. Mm-hmm. Take those challenges and those failures and look at them as empowerment and as opportunity to grow and be who you are today, and feel whole because you are whole. Everyone mm-hmm. deserves perfectly. to feel like are a
0: whole person. I know it's it's to jump into the whole spiritual side of perfectly. You are exactly where you're supposed to be. You are who you were supposed to be. Like yeah. don't resist it. Don't resist who you are because I think we all have gifts that we can use to make a massive impact in this world. Right. But the more you resist who you are, the more you're never going to step into them. You won't oh. step into them.
1: 1000%. Yeah. 1, 1000%. 1, and, and I mean, just to be clear, when I was in that moment, mm-hmm. I wasn't enlightened and I didn't feel empowered. I felt sad. No, I'm sure. And it was hard. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, why cannot, why can't I have this? Right? That's not fair. Everyone How you else sh- has this, but why can't I have this? So how did you shift that? That's a, that's a,
0: that uh, there's a lot of people who can resonate with just those words, even if it's not about
1: um, children. But how did you shift that? For me, it was going back to faith. That was mm-hmm. the only place that I felt like that could resolve those feelings. Mm-hmm. For me, it was, okay, I can't have this. I'm really mad. I'm really, really, really sad and disappointed that I've wanted to be a mom my entire life and I can't have this and this is not going to happen for me. Mm -hmm. And I had to really dig deep and be like, God has a path for me. Mm -hmm. I have something else in my future that I need to be and that's okay. And if it's not this and if mother wasn't going to be a title that I was going to have, I was gonna have another title that was gonna make the same or more impact. Mm. And I just had to keep staying in that space. And that was hard because every single phone call that said you are not pregnant over the mm-hmm. eight years, it was tough. I'm sure it was. It was tough. But I would pick myself back up after shedding a million tears.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And. I would pick myself back up and say, okay, okay, so this is not my path. Mm -hmm. If I feel like I want to try again, I will, but I'm not going to die and this is not the end of my life. No. Somewhere, something in the future is going to make this all make sense. And if I stayed in that mindset that would carry me through that mindset really
0: did make a big difference in your life, especially as you made those changes you made those big changes. That's fantastic. That's and fantastic.
1: I would encourage and hope that everyone can, sometimes it's hard to see that mindset, right? Oh, like, it's crazy hard. It's I, sometimes it's not even,
0: I find it's not even the mindset. It's a fact that, we don't allow ourselves to see that because we perceive that as going to be hard. We perceive creating change is going to be hard. We don't know what that's going to look like. So as humans, we can't put the picture together in our head. So we shut down the possibility of it all because we can't see how it's going to work out, which we would never have seen anyways. So it's always a case that people will say all the time, it's, but that's hard. And I'm like, but staying stuck is hard. You're You just said you're miserable. Like you just told me you're miserable. So that's yeah. hard. So it's like we get to choose which hard we want. Yeah,
1: yeah. And for me, it was three words too. It was leap of faith, mm-hmm. leap of faith, right? Yeah. Because as you beautifully said, you don't know, so you no have idea. to have a leap of faith because yeah. you don't, you don't know. No, no, so you no just, idea, right? Yeah. So when people see the unknown, it's so scary. Oh. no! As humans, comfort, security, love, mm-hmm. comfort, security. I want to stay in the space where I'm really comfy, and I know everything that's going on. I can control and see what it is. So these unknown- my air quotes with <laughs> the word control. Yeah. yeah. So the unknown is like, oh, oh no, I, I, I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. But have a leap of faith. Have a leap of faith, and and that doesn't mean necessarily thinking about God specifically, and if. If your leap of faith is about the universe or energy or any kind of God, whatever you name him, whatever that is, have a leap of faith.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. Faith. That is beautiful.
1: Where can everybody reach out, connect and find you? Where are the best places you hang out? I love to hang out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, my handle is Sandra and i like my name. If you want to come in and join us, we have amazing conversations then uh, I feel free to reach out and I will be so happy to talk to you because I love talking to people and helping and guiding and being in this role is, is so, I'm so grateful to be here in this space. Mm. I really am. It's just the best. I'm so, so, so grateful and thankful that I made it here in my life. And I feel so aligned and just so happy. So that,
0: that is fantastic. That is not something a lot of people can say. And I love that you are there in that energy and faith. So we have faith, we have energy, we have great focus and visions, but still grounded in where you are. And I think that that makes you a very impactful coach and speaker. So congrats so on all your welcome and all the changes that you did make. And I I just love the irony of where it is at now and what like yeah. just where you're at. I think it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. I have two questions for you that I would love yes. to wrap up with. Is what impact do you want to have in the world? What if you could just pick it like, one,
1: what is your main impact that you want to have or create in the world? If I can have a if I can make one impact in the world, would be to have the most people resonate with the message that they are enough. Mm -hmm. That would make me feel like I am doing what my duty is in this world. And Mm -hmm. for people to feel like they can do anything and they can feel like they'll be okay no matter what life throws at them, Mm -hmm. that would mean the world to me. Mm, I love that. I think that that's a very powerful message,
0: especially this year, is knowing yes. that you can be okay. I know sometimes your life is turned upside down. I know that this is, this is a lot of unknown and a lot of things that you can't control, which you couldn't control anyways. It just yeah. feels like you don't have control now, but you never did. And it's this whole time, yeah. but it really can be, if you can train your brain perspective wise to look at from a, like a different perspective that maybe so there true. are some things that are happening for
1: me. So mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Cannot be truer. Yeah. so I, true.
0: I, Last question. What yes. lesson in life are you most grateful for?
1: This is a hard one. Now I got the first, like, I feel like I really need to think about this one for a minute. Nope, go with your gut. Okay, the okay, my gut says that the lesson that I've learned for me is that it's okay to be unapologetically myself. Oh, I love that. See, I told you to go with your gut. Look at that, the energy that just, you can't see her on the screen, but she just, like, went into a full-on, oh. yeah, yeah, energy. That's awesome. I have, like, goosebumps because... Mm. That lesson is an everyday thing for me. Mm -hmm. It's an everyday thing. It's okay to be unapologetically myself and it's okay to be unapologetically yourself. That is the lesson. Love it. Love it. Thank you so
0: much for sharing so many great tips and tools with everyone here and sharing your story at a very vulnerable level and really giving everyone the permission that it is okay for them to be unapologetically themselves. Thank you for being here. Thank you
1: so
0: much. You are welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you loved this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.